0: Hi, I'm Xavier McFarlane and welcome to the Catholic City Podcast from the Mary Foundation. Today's episode features Joe Vicario and is the first of our new series speaking with young adult leaders. In addition to his day job designing hearing aid batteries, Joe is the co-founder of Cleveland's largest young adult group called Catching Fire, which meets weekly for discussions and draws anywhere from 50 to 90 people. We discuss the founding of Catching Fire, the challenges of growth and mission, some practicals of managing such a large group, and the danger of pride. Our hope is that this conversation can help anyone, but especially young adult leaders or pastors who want to better serve the young adults in their area with meaningful community and friendships built on Christ. But first, if you've been looking for a way to grow closer to Jesus, we found a great opportunity for you. Daily Rosary Meditations with Dr. Mike Scherzlicht is a podcast where you learn how to meditate and establish a daily habit of prayer while discovering the truths of the Catholic faith. It is the fastest growing community praying the rosary with family and friends around the world. Each day a different topic is explored allowing you to learn your faith in bite-sized daily portions while you pray the rosary. So join them every day for scripture, meditation, and a rosary all in under 20 minutes. The meditations are perfect for your daily commute or morning coffee. You can find them in your favorite podcast app by searching Daily Rosary Meditations or on the web at dailyrosarymeditations.com. If you want to learn more about Catholicism, or are looking for materials to evangelize family, friends, and fellow parishioners, please visit the Mary Foundation at catholiccity.com to order our Catholic scapulars, books, booklets, medals, and best-selling novels by Bud McFarlane. Sign up for Bud's Catholic City message, where he's been sharing profound insights, sage advice, and crazy stories for over 25 years. We are also the world's largest distributor of the purple scapular, given by Mary to the approved French mystic Marie-Julie jehenny in the late 1800s. You can learn more at our website, catholiccity.com. All right, Joe. Thanks for coming on. We really appreciate you taking the time. I'm here. I'm Xavier McFarland and I'm with Anthony Mancini. We are the co-founders of catholicyoungadultgroups.org and we also run our own Catholic Young Adult group here in Cleveland called Grapevine and we're here with Joe. Hey, Joe. Guys. How you doing? I'm doing great. Doing great. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, why don't we start out just how did Catching Fire happen? Just the beginning. Yeah, so I mean, for those of you that don't know, uh, Catching Fire is an adult
1: ministry uh, in the Diocese of Cleveland. Uh, we're located here in Parma, uh, and we've been running now for about five years. So, how did it start? Um, it's honestly too much of my past that I can even remember at this point in time. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, let's flash back here. So I'm—I just turned 25. So I, when we were not, when I was 19, um, I was a sophomore in college, and my best friend and I, Jimmy Jimmy Ludwig. Um, he, he and I grew up together, uh, going to grade school all the way through high school. Um, he ended up staying in Cleveland. And uh, from that point in time, I was in school. Uh, we wanted to decide to start a young adult group just because we wanted to be able to meet other young adult Catholics. Um, and when, and there was nobody else in the area for us to even talk to uh, that we even knew of. other any, And so we did our research, and there was nobody or anything there. And so we went to our pastor at St. Comco and we're like, hey— uh, can we start a young adult group of our of our own? And he's like, "Sure." Uh, what's your names? <laughs> and so uh, from that point, you know, we were starting around the feast of Pentecost, and well, we were coming, trying to come up with a name. And that's our pastor, Father Suso, had the idea of catching fire. I was like, "Well, I think it sounds very catchy. I think it's great, but everyone's going to think that we're the Hunger Games." But I was like, "No, I think I think it's I think it's a great term. Let's just roll with it." So, um, what Catching Fire was founded upon was really discussion groups and formation and catechesis. So we really wanted our discussions to be able to um, not only enliven the hearts of the young adults that would come and discuss, but also have a free open space uh, to talk about things that, you know, the world can't talk about, whether that be in the political realm, the religious realm, obviously, Um, but even at work or or social spheres, uh, we wanted to be able to have that free and open conversation respectfully, right, uh, through a Catholic lens and to really at the end of the day, walk out a more well-formed Catholic than someone walked in. Um, And so that was really our goal and our mission statement, to be able to create spiritual warriors for our time. Um, So when it started, uh, you know, a little over five years ago now, uh, we were just literally in a parish center around a single table. There were five or six of us, and what ended up happening was, we had one topic that we all sat around and talked. And essentially, what it kind of started with was Father Suso was our essentially our guider. He taught us and showed us everything. Um, and from there, it's, it's now evol- evol- evolved, I should say. Um, now we've got about you know seventy to, 70 to ninety people about a, every week. Um, we're really focused on uh, formation on a weekly basis. We have a lot of other elements now too uh, regarding discipleship or um, to the including the sacrament with mass reconciliation um we have adoration now uh a music ministry you know the list goes on uh but really the main focus really is still to this day a focus on spiritual formation for catholic adults so
2: can you break down the last five years into phases
1: yeah yeah so um for those of you that i shouldn't i shouldn't say that don't know but um the diocese of cleveland right now is booming um it's doing really good it's doing really well um, yeah, and it's it's been kudos to a lot of people including yourselves um, there's there's been a lot that's been happening and it's catching fire it's just one of many amazing things that's happening in Cleveland right now um, including the Mary Foundation including grapevine and so on and so forth um, with regards to like how it started when when we started I didn't know of any other young and old ministry, or group in the whole diocese. And I did I did my research. And apparently there were some that I didn't know about uh, unless you were already in the know, right? And so when we started, there was not many of us. There was like five to 10 every single week. And we carried that five to 10, 15, maybe 20-ish for the first year. Um, that, was, that was probably our average week in, week out Um, We really wanted to focus initially on just being a summer group because I was going back to school (laughs) and um, Jimmy was still at school, but at Cleveland State he commuted. Um, I had to go back to, I went to the University of Dayton, so I commuted back down there. I I went back down there. I didn't commute. Um, So Catching Fire ran without me. Uh, and Jimmy kept it running when I was gone. Uh, and so during the next really two years, we probably averaged about you know five to 25 people. Um, by that two year mark, um, we were probably averaging about 20 25 people and we were experimenting. You know, in those first two years, I think that was our really our first phase was we're trying different things. We want to keep the same format. We want to try new things. Um, but it was really the same kind of structure where uh, we had a topic. We talked about it. Father Suso came and was our essentially like the formator for every, every week, week in and week out. Um, and he pretty much led the discussions, and we just kind of sat back, listened a little bit, um, and asked questions as time went on. We went through Bible passage, we went through scripture studies, we went through even random topics like cyberbullying at times. Like it was just some that were not hitting home, um, and we went through a lot of trial and error. So that was like the first phase of like just let's just throw some things at a wall and see what sticks. Um, and we realized a lot of things that we didn't like. Um, and so going into that third year was really kind of this, where we started taking steps forward. I think um, we had a. I remember vividly, and this is probably the second phase was around. It was our Christmas party that we had. Um, it was the tail end of COVID before before COVID happened, and we had like sixty people show up. And on this point in time, we're getting like an average of like twenty to thirty, and not twenty, twenty, yeah, twenty to twenty five, and. We had these 60 people show up and we're like, where the heck do these people come from? Like, I don't even know half of you are. Um, And so, you know, we kind of tried to, we tried to really kind of carry that, you know, for a little bit. It didn't, at that point in time, we were just really just trying to make, try to maintain those numbers. But really what happened was, I think we had to really have an integral structure and identity that we wanted to implement. And we wanted to really stay focused and true to um, what was spirit-led in the young adult world that they wanted to talk about, and that really formed us as young adults. Uh, And so at that point in time, um, Father Suso really kind of, just due to him being a pastor, kind of took a little backseat. Um, and so Jimmy and I really had to kind of take this step in in the role to really be our, the actual young adult leaders to lead the discussions and whatnot. Father Jesus still came from time to time, but as a, a guider and just a checker. Uh, but for us, it really kind of fell upon us now to really just kind of, um, you know, put these conversations forth and lead the discussions. Um, and so I think this is kind of wave two for now. We, we have a core identity and we're trying to roll with it. Um, uh, that was really our second, I think our second, uh, phase really. And that was probably years three and four. Uh, we probably from a numbers perspective went from anywhere from anywhere from like 30 to 50 on a probably a given basis. Uh, and that ranged week in and week out. Um, but we really stuck true to our core identity of, we are, we dis- we are Our young adult ministry focused on forming young adult leaders into becoming spiritual warriors we wanted you to walk out a more well-formed catholic than you walked in so um we definitely kind of tapped into like the political realm from time to time a lot you know where it did become banter but um and we and we touch other spheres like the social setting um, but I think that was really our second phase was like rooting ourselves in our identity. And then we kind of get into, I think, phase three where, uh, we're now in year, you know, four slash five, um, going on to six now. And it, it, this is where we're now trying to create a structure for the future, um, regardless of what happens to us, you know? So this, we built a leadership team, um, And we now really have a a set team to be able to kind of carry this while Jimmy and I kind of hang back and do a little more diplomatic work. Um, Jimmy, at this point in time, is kind of doing a little more hands-on than I am. Um, But it's all good work. And right now, I think with the structure that we have, we've maintained about an average of uh, anywhere right now from like 60 to 90 on a week-to-week basis. So,
0: yeah. In those early days, did you do anything actively to grow? Yeah, Are you like so, out there.
1: So, and this is where I think the Holy Spirit it really plays a huge role here because I'm I'm an engineer by trade. <laughs> I design hearing aid batteries for my trade. Um, and Jimmy was the marketing guy. Uh, but I'll be honest with you, um, we didn't do much marketing, like, at all. Like, everything we did was pretty much voice and mouth. We had an Instagram and we had a Facebook, but they were not good, like, at all. Uh, and really, they always talk, talk about, like, your image in social media. Like, what are you trying to portray to the rest of the world? Um, and so that's something we always uh, – we're trying to discuss like, okay, what's like us, but also like inherently Catholic, but also intriguing to pay. So like we were trying to like blend all these two, all these things for us and it was not working out. I'll be honest with you. Um, So that's where I really think to really market your group, honestly, for us, it was the Holy Spirit through word of mouth. Um, And even people this day that come, I ask them, you know, that are new. How do you hear about us? Nine times out of 10, it's because someone told you, um, so, or they heard it through the grapevine, not your grapevine, but, like, you know. the. So they might have. Yeah, maybe, probably, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah, marketing sucks. Uh, today we're doing a lot better, I think, than when we started, but with regards to marketing. Uh, but I still think that's been our main contributor has just been word of mouth because other people believe in it. So,
0: Were you active in, like, um, encouraging that, I guess?
1: With regards to word of mouth? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, the biggest thing, too, is just getting your the people that are in your group to just buy in. Like, and that's the, I think that the hardest thing for any entrepreneur, any startup is getting And like When you always question, like, why is my ministry, like, why, well not my ministry, why is my organization, my my employees don't care as much as I do? Well, like, you look at, listen to, like, I don't know if you listen to Gary Vee at all, but Gary Vee, um, he's like this, he's a really good guy for um, yeah, employees and business and how you should look in your career path. But he talks a lot about how um, how owners or, or CEOs of companies or, you know, C-level executives always, like, try to, I guess, push their employees to be, I guess, fully and entirely on the same page as them, um, with the mindset, and integrity of their business. But it, it, they're never the, your employees the people that are, I guess, underneath you, quote unquote, with regards to the hierarchy are never going to be as into it as you are, as the founders, as the C level execs. And so you have to be able to ha- find a way to be able to get the people that, um, that are i guess not i don't like using the word underneath you but the people that you know that i guess look up to the people that are in this ministry whether they're a participant or they're an active avid volunteer all these people have to feel like they're a part of something special um, and once they start feeling like they're going to do it uh, once they feel like they're part of something special then they'll go out of their way to do something that's beyond, beyond them um, if it's just a job to them they're not going to buy into it um, unless you have a specified incentive for them so
2: Okay. So your current stage, you mentioned that you have a leadership structure trying to build toward the future and everything. Yep. Uh, we tried to do the same thing in a similar order, but it was a different order. I would say we, we tried to establish our identity right off the bat, you know? So it's interesting how you just kind of like, Hey, there's a need here and just started something. Right. But back to the leadership team, uh, these are obviously people who've bought in, Mm. you know, you have, the, the people who, who attend regular meetings are obviously uh, bought into on a particular level, but your leadership team is like cut above. Mm. Have you seen in your leadership team, um, an increase in involvement based on maybe more interactions by you, more of a, a better articulation of your identity mm. as a ministry? Uh, I know personally, we have seen that, you know, we give people more responsibility, a select few. And if it doesn't stick, then they just continue doing what they've decided to do. Yeah. Um, but some people would actually kind of stuck, and they take the responsibility, you know, well, yeah. and they want to continue. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. No, it makes sense. I, I and so I think this is also really important too. Um, and and. Uh, there's a, there's, a, there's a whole facade on this that I want to, I think I, it's important to highlight first before I kind of go into this, Tony. Um, I think the first thing is that, and as much as like people like to think about with ministry, um, that it's, it's, there's like no rules, no bounds. Um, we're not a political organization, like, and there shouldn't be any, like stat there shouldn't be any like status quo that we should be you know attributing ourselves to there shouldn't be any guardrails you know there's everything should be free and whatnot like we should people from the outside think that like oh it's just a ministry you can do whatever the heck you want right but that you get to a point once you establish yourselves that there has to be guidelines there has to be rules there has to be things in place and and what do i mean by that um, like y- y- when you are in a leadership role, like you represent your ministry, like you, fr- from a, from a, when you're there or, and also outside of your ministry and you, you're being held to a standard, right? So, um, everything that we do um, every organization that's out there, uh, they want to keep their image in place. Right. And so, you know, just because we do something on, you know, we run on Sundays, just because we run on Sundays, um, that doesn't mean, you know, these people can just do whatever the heck they want, you know, from that point on publicly, you know, and so we really try to keep our leaders to a high standard. Right. And so, um, I definitely think initially, uh, at least when we started here, um, it, it's, we really wanted to just like just throw whatever at the wall, you know, and see what sticks, right? Um, and so we just kind of I think when we first put together our leadership team, we wanted we really wanted. Um, just to see like, okay, like we have these ideas, these things we want to work on, let's just throw it and see what happens. Um, and so that first year, that first, you know, uh, that first year with the leadership team, um, it, there was a lot of good that came out of it, uh, but there was definitely some improvements that want to be made. And these people that you we called out, like we, these are all the departments that we had, like they were all prayerfully discerned. Um, and some all worked out and some didn't. Right. But I think one thing to your point, uh, Anthony was that like these people, um, you when you call them out and you and you ask them to be part of something that's special that's you know a step above um you really have to they might not entirely embody that in that moment but if they feel like oh my gosh like these guys really think that i have something to offer um a lot of times they'll step up to the plate uh, and it's been it's really really cool to see um and there's i mean i talk with jimmy a lot there are people when we try to discern for like new leadership or even like volunteer positions that you want people to step kind of step into, um, it, it's really awesome to see when, you know, we're like, oh, how do you feel about this person? And then you put them in that role and it's like, they're just killer, you know, and it's awesome. Or there's some people who are like, you know, you're, we really, really like you we want you here, but we're going to shift you over here. Um, but to, to, to go to more to your point, um, you gotta take a chance on people you know, you've got to take a chance on people from time to time. Um, But I think it's really important to have prayer in the midst of all of that. Um, You have to pray about, you know, who's the best fit and whatnot, because there are people gunning for different quote unquote positions, right? Not in the same way like you would a normal organization, but um, you have to let the spirit lead you and whatever brings you the most peace, you know, that's ultimately what you really go with. Um, And you got to encourage people, you got to, but you also have to have a you have to affirm people, encourage people and really, you know, embrace their ideas. But at the same time, you've got to be able to set boundaries and and know what flies and what doesn't. Um, and I think the later half of that is really what we're trying to establish right now. But also in, in itself is like we want to know who we are at its core and that if whatever happens from that point forward, like um, we can always point to that. So like we are this. So we we have to we represent ourselves in the public sphere as this or on every Sunday we want to be able to be represented as this because at our core we have the X pillar, Y pillar and Z pillar. So does that make sense? It does. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Follow up question. So when you put out the invite for leaders to come, like rally leaders, if if that makes sense, because I know you have a sort of a application process, which is interesting. I'd like you to talk about that a little bit in a second, but uh, it, from our experience, we've done that right. And usually our, our, our gateway, so to speak is because we're a discussion based group yeah, too, as well. Yeah. is, Hey, do you want to lead a discussion? seems yeah. like you would be really good in that role. Mm-hmm. And then they say yes or no, you know, usually people say yes. And then the more discussions they lead, the more sort of responsibility they've taken on. So yeah. they're ready for that next step. But beyond that, it almost requires a, a personal touch. Like, hey, so-and-so, you've been leading groups for a while. What do you think about doing X? Yeah. Right? And then kind of from leader to, um, like, the main leader to uh, a a leader in the ministry. Yeah. It, like, means more coming straight from from their mouth as opposed to a general, like, to all the leaders who are established. Hey, we need this role done. Who's willing to do it? Yeah. You know? It needs more of a... Uh, careful discernment yeah. and the right person. Absolutely. I would say, and a more personal invite to do more. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I entirely, I mean, I agree yeah. with everything that you've said on that. Um, I mean, just quickly. Um, yeah. Everybody, I think <laughs> everyone that's shown promise, I think it, within like a voluntary role, uh, whether it's leading discussion groups um, what or whatever, um, I think, you know, you got to approach them and say like, Hey, like you want to take a step up say that you've seen a lot, a lot of good things, um, and provide them with that opportunity. I think that is always so very, very good. Um, but at the same time too, like I know we overlook people, like it's become a large, this, this, this has gotten to the point where I don't know everybody, you know, even first names, like it's really tough at this point. Um, and I'm sure you guys have struggled with that too. I don't know. I have a terrible memory. So If I remember you, like, (laughs) you're special. (laughs) You must be because, no, I, you know, I, I apologize for everybody out there. I don't remember your name, but, um, no, I mean, truthfully, though, like, the application process that the reason I sent out application really is for the people that honestly that I overlook, that Jimmy overlooks, that I just don't really know um, personally, and it gives them a chance. Right. And so we can actually f- see names on paper and we're like, Oh, I would totally forgot about this person. He's caught, con- he or she has come like X amount of times and they they've been a part of these groups. We just haven't been there, you know? So, um, it, that, I think the, the that allows for a more formal route. Um, but, and in the sense of if we want to make sure we consider all the options. And not letting you fall through the, the cracks. Um, whereas um, there are absolutely people in the back of our mind that were like, we really want you to step up. We really feel like the Lord is giving you an opportunity here to take that take a step in our you know quote unquote leadership role. So um, for us in particular, yeah, I think it's both. It's we want an open invite to open invites everybody to like make sure we don't miss anybody, but at the same time we are prayerfully discerning and and, and affirming people to probably try to pull pull them up the ladder. But we don't usually take people from, like, ground zero, like, oh, you've come five times? All right, you're a director now. You know, we don't do that. It's more so, like you said, like, okay, you're going to leave a discussion group, and then, you you know, try to work your way up, sort mm-hmm. of deal. So see how see how involved you are. Seems like a natural next step for
2: yeah. ministries like ours. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I very yeah. much agree.
0: What's some of the back-end stuff? Like, <clears throat> from the outside, you can, you can show up to one of these things and be like, okay, there's, like, this many people, there's this many discussion groups, and maybe there's some organization for how they get put together. But like how much happens behind the scenes Mm. that isn't apparent from the outside? Like what are the things you had no idea you had to do when you went into this?
1: Um, so it's a lot different now, um, than it was, um, because prior to two years ago, um, We were mainly what we were at our core with just discussion groups. And that's what we are today is at our core. But we have so many other entities at this point in time um, that have a lot of back work. Uh, Currently, I mean, a lot of our back work that we do prior to like day of events um, falls on our content department. Um, I'll, I'll give some people a little shout out here. Megan Cruz and Paul Natowski and, and Jimmy oversees that department with content. Um, they've just been absolutely killing it. Um, they have currently what they do is they have um, a list of you know X amount of volunteers to just lead discussion groups on a week to week basis. We have five to six different, dis- different discussion groups that run each with it one to two leaders. So we've got a lot of people that we have to manage. And one thing that it's been a good problem to have, but like we don't want, at least what we're shooting for, like we really want intimate discussion groups in the sense that we don't want any more than 20, 20, 25. Um, and the, you can battle with me on that argument all day. I've heard a lot of the contraries like to larger group discussion uh, than that. But I, I, I think really ideally we want like 10 to 15 um, probably even less than that for like more intimate discussion yeah. but um, we We get a lot of yeah. people and we want to manage them well and we want them to walk out the best experience possible and if you're sitting in a room with 30 people and you just hear a fly on the wall and some people like being a fly on the wall and I, that's a whole discussion for the argument but we we really want you to be seen known and heard and feel like you're part of something special and for that to happen we have to have the backwork of we need the people, the volunteers, and and discussion leaders in place, trained well to be able to manage um, situations that we wouldn't entirely understand. So, um, one, the the discussion leaders have to know their know their stuff on their topic prior. Okay, so they got they got to they got to do their research. Secondly, um, we do put them through some trainings. Um, to be able to manage um, wacky situations, anybody knows in ministry you, you get some characters um, and you get some wacky situations from time to time. You, you guys have been in, lo- in this, this you know group in this situations you know this this world long enough to understand that. Um, so we you know we like to discuss you know ways to mitigate those situations, um, but you know at the same time though like. Um, there's just a lot of pe- it's really people management and content management is probably the mo- majority of our work on the back end Xavier. And there's other way things we do in the back end but that's the bulk of it is content and people. So
2: I'd say with a weekly meeting, weekly ministry that's that makes sense. You know, yeah. there's there's at least we divide it into, you know, our weekly we call them day-to-day sort of for lack of a better term. Yeah. You know, the stuff that's ongoing and it needs to happen week in week out and then there's the bigger events sort of thing and then there's outreach and in different departments in our ministry as well right but it doesn't surprise me that the thing that happens weekly requires more time and energy. more time and energy yep. you know and you can streamline it pretty well and it sounds like you have as far as um training your your group discussion leaders, is there any professional sort of element to that? Or is it just figuring it out? Cause I think that's completely yeah. legitimate yeah. at this level if it so, is, cause it is for us.
1: <laughs> so, um, there's a lot of good Catholic resources online. Um, and I know there's a company called revive, uh, revive parishes, um, that have some really good content on this. Um, Jimmy works at the Augusta Institute. And I'm sure he can talk to this way more in depth. So he oversees our content department. Um, he's the VP running the content team right now. Um, he does a ton of work. I, I give the guy so much credit right now. Um, and he has done the research and the deep dives on like how to train leaders well. And so that's kind of funneled through now. Megan and Paul, um, Not all, it's, a, it's a little of several things. So they give... Are I don't so I don't know directly what those what those programs are and what those videos are and whatnot, uh, but they give, or at least I guess I'm sp- supposed to give, um, or I, I don't I, like I said I haven't been doing this for a while with regards to the, the how they train people now
2: real executive
1: you know because yeah. <laughs> I'm not in the minutia of things anymore, <laughs> um, so it, they they have one or two trainings uh, per young adult leader. And they really just go over, give the overview of what to expect, right? Um, Mainly, you got to know your stuff. That's the first thing. Second thing is really just the social element: how to manage the social, the the social characteristics of people and the different types of people you're going to see. You know, Um, and how do you make it so that everyone's respected, known, loved, and heard, um, but in a very in a very, I guess, um, uniform way. Like no one's, nothing is overbearing in whatever regard. And so those are, that's really the two things that we focus on. I think mainly in those trainings are knowing your stuff and how to manage the social situations. And so with regards to, um, anything there and after, um, we do have me, Megan and Paul do have content meetings with all of our um volunteer leaders for discussion groups they're on after just specifically to catch up like okay we've been seeing this thing how do we mitigate this thing um, and they use resources online so like the the Revive Parish is one of them um, the Augustine institute is some other resources as well that really help um, but uh, that that's pretty much the majority of it is are the, are twofold so so engaging engaging people in the content world and then also you know managing managing personalities
2: did you have a, a question in a different direction i, I had a question in a yeah
0: why don't you ask
2: yeah so at this phase in the ministry you by design don't involve your stuff in the minutiae because in theory yeah. and you know it's reasonable to assume that there's bigger fish to fry at this point.
1: Yeah. And yeah, so, uh, <laughs> yeah. So <if> you, <laughs> Go well, I, I'm sure you're Go busy ahead.
2: too. You know, you got a you know, full-time job that's unrelated. Yeah. And you know, I, you know, I talk sometimes kind of thing. I don't know exactly what you're, what you're into. I know you got a, you got a girlfriend. Yeah.
1: Um,
2: but I would assume when it comes to catching fire, there's other things to do, be it, you know, since you guys are the biggest group in Cleveland, you have a lot of influence and reach. So volunteering for uh, diocesan tandem events, for lack of a better term, like Becoming Fire is one of them, Um, which is you want to give us a pitch for uh, Becoming Fire real quick? Well,
1: yeah. So um, (laughs) it's kind of funny because you're – Xavier's brother, Cletus, just asked me about Becoming Fire. So this is the first year I'm actually not on the board for Becoming Fire. Mm-hmm. So the, the first year I for Becoming Fire, we had a table, Catching Fire had a table. And so I was heavily involved in the sponsorship um, just from an outside perspective. The second year I was... On the board and MCing for the event this year, I'm doing neither. I'm not on the board or I'm working it. Um, so, but becoming fire is an incredible event, um, and I've got a, I, I I still know everybody that's pretty much involved, and so I'll give you a little uh, a little feedback on that. So, essentially, you know, when it was created, was supposed to be this block party essentially for Catholics is what it's for, and it's really to, it's really intentionally meant to expose you to the religious side of things. So you, you uh, prior to Getting into the young adult ministry world, I really never saw a habited woman in my life, you know, or you know, habited man. Um, I saw priests with collars, and that was about it. And so, the intention for this was behind the vocations department was to get young adults um, uh, having a lot of fun, more of like like that block party feel, but exposed to um, the uh, priests and religious life, um, priesthood and religious life. Uh, And so, essentially, it's a day with games, food, food trucks, uh, beer. I'm actually not sure if there's um, food trucks this year, but there might be. I would check on that. <laughs> but um, yeah. And they usually have, the last few years they had a speaker come. This year they're kind of doing it a little differently. They're having different small group discussions on different topics. So you could go into what you want to talk about and they have a, a designated, you know, qualified speaker to talk in each one of those small groups per se. And um, you have a bunch of games and um, you can have, um, well, how do you say? Openness to the sacraments so you can have com- confession. Um, uh, there's, I believe there's mass that's going to happen at, as well with the bishop. Um, it's an incredible time. Uh, definitely worthwhile. I think there's perpetual adoration as well. So definitely worth their time. I would definitely check it out. I can't remember the date. I believe it's the week after the fest, which is another thing you could plug as well. But yeah.
2: Was yeah. so that the 13th? The 13th. Yeah. So yeah, the 13th. Yeah.
1: So to, going back to your question. Yeah. yeah the
2: question is uh, since you, you have effectively delegated the minutia of the group yeah the very like the very important stuff i I don't i don't even it is minutia but really it's it's what makes everything tick so it's not beneath you by any means it's just you have delegated that to competent people very effectively in this phase what are you devoting your time to now
1: yeah, this is a real. Yeah. And so, if anyone that knows me, I think really would like to know that because I don't really have any oversight, um, and they want to make sure is this guy actually still doing any work. You know, so well, hopefully,
2: many many people hear this. So, oh, don't man. divulge any any secrets. Yeah. Yet. Right.
1: Right. Um, so, at this point in time, um, how usually how the structure goes right now. Um, this past year I made some organizational changes um, prior to this past year starting um, Jimmy and I were kind of in tandem on the hierarchical structure um, and then there on after was our leadership team. So um, this at now this upcoming this this 2023 year we've had some changes Jimmy, you know, effectively was like, we need a head, we need a president. And I really think you should be that. So I'm, I'm the president. Jimmy's the VP. Um, he, and we have six departments. He oversees three of them. I oversee three of them. Um, but the, but he oversees the content side, which is way more integral. Um, so it has, has a lot more boots in the ground per se. Mm -hmm. Um, whereas the departments I oversee has a lot less. Um, so I oversee the three departments I oversee are music and liturgy, um, discipleship, and um, uh, hospitality and so it, it truthfully like those are they're all very good and they're very needed. and we're still getting things off the ground for some of them um, but they they just run it they just don't need it nearly as much oversight as the content side does and so from a day-to-day operations um, Jimmy is very much heavily focused on specifically the marketing he's he oversees events marketing and um, events marketing and uh, content and so those take a lot more work, and he's been absolutely killing it. Uh, but with regards to like what I do, um, obviously, so my you know day to day job with catching fire is oversee the three departments that I'm in, and I'm as support needed for the other three, right? So that's kind of that's from from a hierarchical structure. That's what I do, um, and then there on after, um, and mainly this has been my focus. Um, so prior to this, uh, prior to. <laughs> April of this year, uh, my main focus was pretty much off of Catching Fire entirely. We ran a conference called Ignite uh, um, Diocese of Cleveland's Young Adult, first Young Adult Ministry since like 2001, Young Adult Conference since 2001. And so Jimmy kind of took the reins for everything for those four months. So I was kind of really laid back for, from Catching Fire in that period of time. But since then, um, my role as an administrator, like I, I love the groundwork that Everybody does at Catching Fire, and I wish I could be more involved. But right now, we're really looking at future envision. Like that's really what we're in right now, and that's what I'm trying to think about for the group as its whole. Um, first and foremost is like, at least for me and Jimmy, for our sakes, is that you know we I work a full time job, um, and we're both in you know very good relationship at this point in time, and. With no with no signs of anything you know going sideways we have a future ahead of us and we really have to pray and discern like is young adult ministry in our future we've been doing this for five years now um, and do we want to keep it the way things have been going um or is is the lord calling us to hand things off and and if that's the case, if and regardless whether regardless of whether we're called to hand things off or we're staying in the role, um, the the core structure and integrity and future and vision of the group still needs to be accounted for, okay. And so that's where I think that's where I'm stepping in is uh, I really have to discern. What uh, the next steps for Catching Fire are, and obviously that plays into role with prayer and and advisory from my leadership team and Jimmy and uh, our our pastor Father Suso and and whatnot. But um, the first thing foremost, like right now, we're really trying to establish our. Our identity, in the sense of yes, at our core, we're creating spiritual warriors, and for our time, we're trying to make you a more well-formed Catholic. Like that's what we do uh, uh, to really form young adults. But like, what is that on paper? What are you on paper? Um, And we have to make it so the group doesn't die with just us leaving. You know. And so my main focus for the rest of this year has been mainly on if Jimmy and I die in a car crash. Um, the group does not die with it. You know, we want the Holy Spirit to be able to take this group and run with it as much as, as much as, as far as the Lord wants to take it. Um, and we want, we want the, we want the core of the group to be still intact, regardless of whether Jimmy and I are there. Um, and and then, so that's my main focus right now. And then there on after is wh- where do you want to take it? You know, do do we want to take it? You know, to be a specific, you know, online presence. Do we want to be another? You know, you know it, these are all things that like future visions that we we think about. Um, that's really my role right now is establishing on paper who we are. So if we are gone, where does it go? You know, and then after and after, where where does the Lord speaking to take this group? Uh, because clearly, like, the Lord has been very, very well apparent in the last five years, as he has been in a lot of groups. Um, but that's been our main focus, really, has been where where is it going? So,
0: What are some of the actual details of that process? Because that's something I think... We think about this regularly. That's another focus. Yeah. Like, I'm getting married in three months, Yeah. and he's running in a local election. Like, yeah. life, <laughs> life. Can...
2: Anthony Mancini <laughs> this fall, November seventh. Yeah, Lake
0: Lakewood City Council Ward Two for the five people <laughs> locally listening. Um, but like, what are the details of that? Like, what does it actually look like to, as you say, get it on paper? What do you mean? What are yeah. the tangible steps you're taking? Yeah, to be able to hand this off eventually.
1: So we yeah, bylaws constitution. Um, that is what I'm talking about at my core right now, um, and I at this point it's still very abstract um, as to what that's gonna, what that finished product is going to look like. But that's essentially what I'm looking for um, for what we're looking for. Uh, and catching fire, so yeah, get it on paper. Establish who you are, your mission statement, your why. Just like how Pete was saying in his your last podcast, you need that why. You need it down on paper, and your team needs to know what your why is um, and what your mission statement is. And if they can't reiterate that, and and then nobody in your group is going to be able to reiterate that. So that's really what it is: is is ingraining who we are on paper, and not only on paper, but into our group. So,
2: and that's in your head. Right if, now. if yeah, if yeah. if there's anybody who has whatever that is and is able to articulate it, it's you. So <laughs> pray so. But <laughs> it's fact. <laughs> and if I can't, the world's doomed, right? No. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. So in an effort to cater to anybody who might be listening to this, people who you know sympathize more with your position now at this point in your ministry, um, you know, all the way on down to people who are just starting a ministry. Uh one question that I thought of uh, at the beginning of this discussion was during each of those phases would you say there was a different sort of appeal to catching fire for for the the local catholics or do you think that it remained consistent throughout Do you know what I mean by yeah, that yeah. yeah
1: so when you say uh, so hmm, there's, there's there's two different things here
2: Why what are why are people coming
1: Yeah yeah and that's okay. it. and so the and this is funny because we just talked about this at our last leadership meeting because okay. um there's an appeal and attraction that we put out, but there's also an element of what do we want you to get out of catching fire, Mm -hmm. right? Like there are two totally distinct things, right? Our appeal for the last, I think, I think the appeal over the course of the last five years, I don't think that's changed. Our appeal has been come meet young adult Catholics and have some insightful discussion you won't have anywhere else. That's been our appeal. You know, you're going to make friends. You're going to meet people that think, probably similarly uh but also have the discussions with people that don't think similarly with you um and the hope is that you that you make a good community um and really you know uh, make a good community and that's like we really do emphasize that and portray that um but that's our appeal and that's always been our draw from day one um and we have a lot of elements like sports and um you know we do go to the bar from time to time and 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 here and there so we have other attractions as well that add to our appeal but our appeal at its core has always been probably just the community aspect and then we have like but that's that's not what we want you to get out of it right What we want you to get out of it um isn't we want you to make community right but that's supplementary to the fact that we want you to become a more well-formed catholic like that is our goal we that that okay even though you might be coming to meet people make friends Um, and and see a bunch of people and hang out, like, that's great. And we want to be able to provide that. But at the end of the day, like, we want you to walk out a a spiritual warrior. We want you to walk out an on-fire Catholic that is ready to just take it to the world, you know? Like, that's our goal, so... But you can't say that at first. Like, you tell these people, you tell everybody, like, oh, come on over here. Like, come to our young adult group. We're going to, like, set your set your Catholicism on fire just so you can walk out and be hated by the world, you know? Like, that doesn't appeal to anybody,
2: you know? So so that is your mission. Um, would you say, even though they, they get out the um, – the, uh, catechetical portion, you know, becoming warriors for the faith. Another goal of the ministry is to form community because I I would argue that you can't have one without the other, right?
1: Yeah. It's so I, I, I put it, I think things, I put things in like a hierarchical perspective. Mm -hmm. And so our primary goal is to create saints. Okay. Um, like that is, that is, that is what we're on this earth to do. Right. Um, and I think the supplemental fact of that is that you need to have community to have that established. Um, but it does not having community does not supersede making a saint. Does that make sense? Yeah okay it does So that yeah. that's that's my perspective on it and I'm open to challenges and I hope Jimmy
2: has the same perspective. <laughs> no I, I'm pretty sure we're on the same page with that, but no, it's very important because yeah. you can take. You know, let's say somebody gets displaced, which is very common in our age group. Yeah. You know, especially. I'm not people are starting to settle down more. They they really are. It's not as, as as bad as maybe younger, I'm talking, you know, college age where everybody is moving around. I don't think right. most people are, it seems. Could be wrong on that. Um, but it seems like typically people go back to school, you know, even if they're they're local, mm-hmm. you know, they're not always available for something like this. Um my point. It was – it seems as though what you're trying to do almost necessi- necessitates community in order for people to even get along, some degree of it. And for you to, to not focus on, focus on it would be folly. I think you are. Um, but to your point and what I agree with is somebody can be displaced. Yeah. They can be, you know, ousted mm-hmm. from the community – uh, that's a strong word, but like they could move away for yeah. a job opportunity or, or be forced to leave some for some reason. Um, but they can take what they've learned from that community and take it into life down the line because they're not going to have this community necessarily anymore. Because right. once you, your geographical location changes, your yeah. relationships are totally right. different. So right. I agree with you in the sense that if they were to come to your group for two years, they're Better catechized than they were before, and they can take that on forth. Yeah. Right. Um, but at the same time, you could argue that the community is worth staying for, right? People are yeah. less likely to I, leave, right?
1: Yeah. And, and I mean, so if you ask anybody, you know, why don't you want to move? Why don't you want to leave? Nine times out of ten, they're going to say, I don't want to leave the people. Yeah. You know, like that's what's keeping them there. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I mean, I, I think there's a. The, I think that there's a big importance here is that there's people that we want to that like, like, why don't, you know, if anyone asks me like, Oh, like, why are you, you know, why do you like Cleveland so much? And honestly, the big reason is because of the community, the people, right? I, it's not that I'm, I'm getting catechesis here that I can't get anywhere else. You know, I mean, there is some element to that, but at the same time though, um, it, 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 the community at its core is like one of its biggest drawing factors. Mm-hmm. You know, it's what, it's really what keeps people together. It's really what, it, it, it's what we are as human humans and young adults. And, and, and what we're deprived of is, is that community element. Um, but at the same time, that community has to be pointed towards something, you know, and I think that's where I keep coming back to is that community has to be pointed to you point to a greater and a higher good. And that being, you know, becoming the holiest man or woman you possibly can and you know we just want to make sure we're not turning ourselves into the next um how do i say like secular yeah. Um, random club, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so because at that point, I don't, I don't know what the philosophy, Xavier, you might be able to help me with this, but what's like the term where you, you, the philosophical term where you, you guys come together for a shared, a shared thing, whether that be like rugby or your friendship is contingent based on a sport, you know, or like a, What's that term called? That's type of friendship. Oh, like friendship?
0: the Greek term. Yeah,
1: yeah. Shoot, I, I forget. Um, it's not. Yeah, and that's that's what I'm thinking of, but I can't u- remember.
0: Utility is it? I think, I think it, whatever the Greek word for utility is probably like utilitose or something. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you know, so we can get somebody smart on here.
1: <laughs> right, and you guys can correct us if we're wrong. But that's we don't want to turn into that in the sense of like, okay, we're just meeting because we all like coffee and mimosas on Sundays, you know, like, no, we want to come together because we're going to, we are all seeking that greater good in our life. We're all seeking to become saints. Like that's what, that's, that's the community element that I think we we should be striving for. Yeah. So
2: regardless of whatever you feel is the hierarchy of, of uh, the, the important things in your ministry, Yeah. whatever well, it's like you, a chicken that is, but it's you're effective. You're effectively doing both, like very effectively. Yeah. yeah. So, kudos to you. Yeah, um, I mean, it's kind
0: of like the chicken and the egg. You know, which came first? It doesn't really matter which came first. You need chickens to have eggs, you need eggs to have chickens. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like you could. The
2: chicken came first.
0: I'm pretty sure dinosaurs laid it. No, eggs. I think it was. I think. Technical. I think.
1: I think the egg came first. But that's a whole. <laughs> you could have two things that weren't chickens. You know. Than have a, an egg that then was a chicken.
0: The, oh, the, true, know, the best answer I ever heard to this was how like, can
2: they, How can they lay a chicken?
0: Was egg that there was, was something egg. very similar to a chicken that had an egg with a slight <clears throat> mutation that was now a chicken.
1: Exactly, yeah.
0: So but you could argue that, that it is a chicken inside of the egg. Oh my gosh. And so then it's like,
1: And that defeats the whole purpose of chicken.
0: It's causally egg. different, but it's chronologically the same time.
2: A non chicken can't lay a chicken egg.
0: Then how do uh, you get a I, chicken?
2: No, that, I mean, that's the whole point of evolution,
1: right? I mean, I'm not trying to get into the whole thing, but...
0: <laughs> you, to bring you, it back, though, it's like... <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> the, the point is, it's like we could we could spend hours being like, oh, it's got to be, you got to work on community first and then mission, or then you got to work on mission first and then community. But it's like, they got to be integrated. If they're not integrated, it's going to fall apart.
1: Yeah, I mean, you look at the core... Just, oh my gosh. If I knew what we were talking about this, I would have done my research. Um Oh boy! Saint Paul talked about the three different things that were really essential to community. I mean, not community to the the spiritual life and to how to let it flourish. And the one of the one of the core factors was they lived in a community. You have to live in a community of people, and because if you don't have that, your your spiritual life's not going to flourish. Um, in the way that you would hope it to, because you need people to hold you accountable. You need people that are in your corner to affirm you when you need to be affirmed, to build you up, but also bring you down when you need to be brought down. You know, so yeah.
0: Just off the top of your head, what are the top three mistakes you made along the way? <laughs> um.
1: Okay. Um, so I. I think, oh, this is tough, Savior. Um, I think the first one being you can't be afraid to fail. Uh, I wouldn't say we've made that mistake, but that's something that we've been routinely challenged on time and time and time again. I think, especially because we're one of the more earlier young adult ministries that are in Cleveland, we failed a lot first, so others didn't have to. <laughs> so at least that's not what I think. Um, so we we there's a lot of things we tried that just did not pan out. And we knew it didn't work. And we really did what we could to make sure others didn't know that that didn't work. Um, so I guess with that, so don't be afraid to fail. But if, if you're failing, quickly go back to what was working. Okay. Um, and that, even to this day, like just because it, we've been running for five years doesn't mean five years doesn't mean we're open, not open to change. We very much always want to be open to feedback on what ways we can improve. And like even our leadership meetings, like there are people talking about, oh, like what are your thoughts? You know, should we try to implement this? But no, we have to always stay to the true, the traditional, what, what catching fire was in its old days, you know, yada, yada, it's true to our core. But like I always want to try new things and to see. Um, If it, it, you know, if it sticks and I'm totally fine. One week of trying something new, if it doesn't work, all right, move on, you know, go back to what you had. I think that's the first thing I would say is don't be afraid to fail. I think there was a lot of, animosity behind, oh, like change, like I can't be afraid to do it because we've been, we've we've had 15 people every week and I, I don't want to lose the people that we have. And then that's, it's a very, like we don't have many. I can't be afraid to lose them. And I, I understand that. And I, I recognize that I've been in your shoes before. Um, but you can't let, fully let the Holy Spirit work. You can't let Christ work in your ministry if you are chain locking it up um, without letting it, without letting um, the Holy spirit move within each one of you guys. So that's the first thing I would say. I don't know if you had any thoughts of that. I could go on another one, but
2: that that's good advice.
0: Well, where, what were some of the things that didn't work? <laughs> oh my
1: gosh. Um, so one thing that we did, um, this was just last year. Um, we really wanted to implement speakers and that's been going well. Um, but it, the one thing we did was we kind of deviated into, so we tried to integrate speakers and discussion groups Um, over top of each other. And it just did not happen well at all. Um, We, and plus we were having speakers like week in and week out on top of each other. And they were really objectively good speakers, but the lack of consistency and the lack of format and the irregularity between who was speaking and their lack of knowledge on the either lack of knowledge of group or, you know, time and whatnot, it made it very, very difficult for the people that were coming to be like, Okay, what am I even walking into this week? Right, they have no idea. Um, whereas now we have our the first, the first, the last Sunday of the month, we have a speaker, and we have praise and worship, adoration with confession. Um, whereas every other Sunday, you know what you're going to get; it's you're getting a discussion group. So we were trying to mix the two last year, um, and we had a good amount of people, but like it was just. It wasn't. It was, I'm not gonna lie. It wasn't a train wreck because we learned a lot from it. And I think there was a lot of really good, really good speakers that spoke, and it was awesome. But there was definitely a lack of identity in that, where people was like. I don't know what this is anymore. Like, are you a discussion group or are you just a panel for speakers right now? Like, uh, so I yeah, would that, say that's one of them. Yeah. That
2: just goes to show how important consistency is. Right, it's very important. Yeah,
1: if, and that's what, another piece of advice for people out there. Consistency is huge. Okay, if you don't have, if you're struggling to get people repeatedly, that will solve a lot of your problems. If you have consistency, consistency, it's going to save you a lot of trouble. So,
2: yeah, we've touched on that point i'm I'm an advocate for the weekly meetings, just because if you have somebody who can't make that week instead of having to wait a whole month, it will be
0: two just, months you know yeah, yeah depending like on that's my it thought it's like yeah. if everybody has life going on and there are some things that work out monthly like if you've got a first friday praise and worship with a big band yeah, like yeah, you can't yeah. do that every week well if you can that's awesome but yeah. a lot of like that's hard to pull I, off
1: i i have some really strong feelings on the consistency factor and that's one thing i think if you you asked another thing that you i think you not something things that i failed in i think that's i'm not saying we failed in it but one thing we've seen that works have really really well and i think you would fail if you did not do it is if you didn't have consistency and that's, and like, we have theology on tap here in Cleveland. That's, uh, what is it, second Tuesday of the month, third Tuesday of the yeah. month? I don't know, whatever it is. But, like, that works because you're not, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a bridge-building group where you're not really meant to um, form, you know, your communities there. That's really meant to reach out to the young adults that are really kind of a lost sheep, right? The people that are out there that you really, like, wouldn't come and do that more like um, – wouldn't come to a catching fire or me. I mean, you guys are a little more social than us, so they probably would go to your group, uh, but they wouldn't come to a catching fire because it's a little more formed, uh, more like Catholics on the, uh, like, how do I say more well-formed discussion? Whereas people would rather go to a bar and drink and listen to a speaker and they're not forced to talk to people. So, um, that's in a sense, like for those bridge building groups that once a month works great, but the ones where you're trying to build community and you're trying to make friends, you, I, I think you've, at, we do it probably in the, I think weekly is the most you could do. I think the, you couldn't, I can could think you couldn't do anything less than bi weekly, uh, but it's got to be consistent. You can't form a community of intentional people unless it's at least bi weekly. So, yeah. I don't know. Are you feeling differently or do you agree? No, totally yeah, on board. Yeah, okay. Yeah. For sure. Yeah.
0: And that, it's tough though. Like this is a commitment oh to get gosh. into. It. I mean,
1: oh my goodness. Yeah.
0: Because yeah. when when we started out, I was like, "Hey, this will be fun," and like, "Yeah, every week." And then we started a holy hour on Friday. We we our group grapevine meets on Thursday, so it's like Thursday, Friday, prep day. Yeah, it very quickly became a big commitment, and that's where like learning how to delegate was critical. Like we oh my were, goodness. yeah, burning out. Like there was.
1: Go ahead. I'm sorry. There was just I, I, I'm
0: kind of ashamed of it, but I should just admit it. There was a there was a point with the Holy Hour where I was the only one because you got to be a Eucharistic minister. You got the right. training from the priest and the permission right. and whatnot. And like I would sit in the back in like the the sacristy and look at memes for like the first twenty minutes because I'm like another hour. Oh my gosh! Like I just felt so bad doing it, but like it's the, it's like an understanding of what is needed. Yeah. In that. It is a big commitment, but at the same time, it's as big of a commitment as you let it grow into. Like, mm-hmm. it, can, it can outgrow you if you don't stay on top of it. That's one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you today was you have this experience in getting a team together. Mm-hmm. But if it's, again, like afraid to fail, like we've asked people for help and it didn't work. Yeah. But you have to do that. Otherwise, you will burn out and then the group will burn out.
1: Yeah. I, I, and I think this kind of goes, oh boy, I'm trying to. Hold on a second. I'm trying to bring my thoughts together. Um, to go to the third thing, I think from a failure perspective, the thing I would say is that what leads right into what you're saying is the, the element of pride um, has got to be, you got to, when you're in a leadership role, regardless of the size of your ministry, you have got to keep that in check. Because um, I remember very early on, I was so unwilling to let people lead small group discussions or um, be in a more of a public role <clears throat> role, um, other than Jimmy or myself um, because I thought we were the only ones that could do it well. And I was so scared of like letting people kind of take that over until so it really got to the point where Jimmy and I just, we were swamped. I was swamped and I still am swamped, but that's a wholly different other story. Um, and you gotta be willing to hand things off. Not, not only because one being um, your time and energy as a leader, um, it's very important. Like a lot of people, like you said, like they work full time jobs, and this is their only free time they have. Um, and your couple hours that you have during the week has to be used integrally. Um, and if it's used for something that's routinely um, just setting up for a holy hour, but you could be using it for the, of the future and vision of your group. Um, but you won't let that Holy hour go and you only have X amount of hours in the day and the week. Like you're, you're just saying, okay, this is the way it's going to be the rest of the time. Um, You have to be able to delegate things off. You have to be, and that comes with prayer. That comes with discernment. That comes with looking at the integrity of the group as a whole. Um, But you have to keep your ego in check and realize that, you know, there are some things that the Lord that other people probably can do better than you. Maybe not as well in some things, but there are things that other people probably can do better than you. Um, you have your own unique gifts, but you have to really see where he's calling you to take them, to take the ministry. Um, and that's going to, there's going to be more things that are going to come up. That just means more things you have to give up just to, to take on with other things. And so,
2: yeah. Great example of that is our service sort of pillar. Yeah. That we tried our best to have a service opportunity uh, monthly didn't work out for whatever reason. No one was willing to kind of take that off our plate and find a service opportunity. Yeah. And we thought about it. And I think this is more like a silent agreement where there's enough to do over here with our other four pillars. Yeah. Right. Um, being, you know, social, we're big on social, Mm -hmm. uh, intellectual discussion, um, sacraments and, um, uh, personal development um, and personal development to yeah. to expand on that just briefly is the person to person like this empathetic spirit of, of sorts where somebody who comes in from the outside whatever they need beyond grapevine um, you help them with that yeah. you help them work through whatever um, thing they might be going through good or bad yeah you know it's yeah. it's more of a personal Sort of element we're try- we've tried to ingrain, and I yeah. think it's it's worked a lot. Yeah, um, as opposed to just that's the good. group setting and meeting once a week. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's um, awesome. The fifth pillar, though, being service, just kind of fell by the wayside because it's just daunting to us with everything else on our plate. So I think that was the spirit telling us that you know, kind of don't worry about it. You know what I mean? Where if we come to a point in in the future where we're able to to either delegate that or take that on ourselves because we delegated something else. Yeah. Then it'll come about again. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I, I, I think, I, Anthony, I think that's really important that you said that um, because, and I, and I want to eliminate anyone's thoughts that they might be thinking contrary to what you're saying here. It, it, we only have so many. We only, our groups in their in their core. You know, <laughs> how do I say this? Um, just because someone is not doing service in that in this given time frame, doesn't mean that they're a bad Catholic group. The Catholic church advocates the fact that we sh- you know, we should have elements of service to be able to give to the poor, you know, feed the, 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 the homeless and needy and so on and so forth, the hungry, so on and so forth. But like, just because your group isn't specified on at this point in time, we're, we're doing these acts of service. That doesn't mean you're a bad Catholic group. Okay. Just because your service pillar per se kind of fell to the wayside like that's okay um and i and i want to emphasize that because this goes back to the trial and error sort of thing um there are there were there are departments that were that were in that were that we had last year that have fallen to the wayside are not here this year so it it's it's okay to to kind of like let things fall away you know and 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 it's not everything that you come up with or that sounds good on paper is gonna work itself
2: out. And so um, yeah, that, and that's okay. So that's actually a great little segue. I know you didn't say your third failure. We're gonna come back to that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but we figured it's not like there aren't service opportunities elsewhere. Right. There's already. Been In fact, yeah. yeah. This is this is a really good thing. Uh, good practice. I. I and something that I think Cleveland's at the tip of the spear for is a diocesan-wide or city-wide, depending on where you are. I think it's more city-wide for us, but the city encompasses a lot of the diocese, mm-hmm. um, where you got to look at yourself not necessarily as individual groups. You are, and you have your your own culture within these individual groups, but you're also a diocesan or city-wide Uh, community of Catholic young adults yeah and we've we've all done so us three and you know a lot of people we know have have made efforts to um, make that a reality and actually act on whatever that means Mm -hmm. Um, so we can kind of go into some of ours but how about you first you you were the first to kind of say hey we're all leaders yeah we should get our ministries kind (laughs) of on the same page and I know that's that's yeah, yeah, yeah. that's kind of gone up and down, but
1: no, I, I it's a good, this is something I'm
2: concept I'm yeah. very passionate about, and to go like to your question
1: before on like what am I doing now? This is part of it, um, so. Oh, boy. So as much as, like I said, when Catching Fire first started, like, I didn't know of any other young adult group. Like, I knew of young Catholic professionals, um, and that was, and maybe Theology on Tap. They weren't running at the time. I don't remember. Anyway, beside the point, like, I didn't know of anything else. And so, like, we were going through our own pitfalls and errors by ourselves and learning from ourselves, right? Whereas I really wish I had some guidance with from other people that have done the same thing and I could learn from and grow from. So kind of what I guess Anthony is referring to, um, a little over two years ago now, my gosh, time is just flying by. Yeah, it's I, two years. I, yeah, my gosh. <laughs> Goodness. Well, I, mean, I think the idea came a little over two years ago. I two years was, in October. Two years in October yeah. will hit. Um, the, I was already running with the idea at this point two years ago. Um but uh, we ran this. With, we I created this missionary group called Matchbox, um, and the thought behind Match ma- Matchbox is really just really what what is a matchbox? It's a box full of matches, right? And um, the the vision here is that we all have like essentially our own match, right? And we're all these little little lighters. And what happens when you have a, a bunch of little lighters in a little area? It just sets the whole thing ablaze, right? And so um, the thought with Matchbox was. I wanted to get and really I, I just think of it as in like a super hero you know realm was like I'm calling the Avengers like I'm calling everybody that's going to step to the plate and lead young adult ministry you know so I went to the fringes and called as many people as I knew that was remotely involved in young adult ministry called them up it's like hey I, you want to be part of something special here and so um, right now, Um, In the diocese, we have any, it's varying day to day, but anywhere from like 30 to 40 different young adult groups in the whole diocese, you can fact check me on that, you know. Um, And so things are changing and whatnot, but it's like, it's a very, very good thing. However, we really need to focus on like, and then I thought that this is where I saw the need was we got to stay together. You know um as a, like just like how we have our own individual communities like the leaders need a community of their own um we we need to come and talk to people we need to learn from each other we need to grow from each other uh we hold each other accountable we need to build each other up and sometimes bring each other down um in like the humbling manner and so i i saw this need and i decided to i guess rally the troops per se so I have a ton of people on a contact list um, and you know that receive you know updates and emails and whatnot and, and it's a it's Matchbox is a group that meets once a month, um, preferably in person, but there is an online option, um, for young adult leaders to meet and talk. Uh, specifically these meetings are, uh, focused, they're one hour and they're focused on one topic, um, that one young adult leader is led that leads for that group for, that leads that discussion for that, that day. So to give you an example, um, Uh, What did you guys leave a group on? You guys talked about the cathosphere, right? Um, At one point in time. And so the whole discussion for that one hour was surrounding young adult, really uh, attracting young adult community, right? And what was out there.
2: Didn't we call our first presentation a culture of invitation? Yes, so you did. Yeah, that, that's right. Yeah, great. yeah culture yeah. of
1: invitation, how to really invite people from all yeah. across, you know, walks of life. Um, and you went through the demographics of, you know, what <laughs> what's out there, what what's kind of data are we working with, and how can we attract them in? Um, and so like that, and so for our one hour that applied to all of our young adult groups and we talked about how we can, you guys give a presentation for 30 minutes on how to do it best in the way that you guys saw it. Then the second half of it, we really focused on, um, okay, let's have an open discussion on what do we all think is the best approach? You know, what do we, can, what can we learn from and grow from? And so not only was it a learning point for all of us that we, uh, each session, but it's also an opportunity for all of us to, to meet face to face. Like we're... Literally, the Diocese of Cleveland spreads very, very far and wide. and so it's an opportunity to meet people that you – or see, meet and see people that are probably over an hour away from you sometimes um, in a more centralized place, Parma, Ohio, you know. So just, so the, be, uh, right? just so happens to be. Just so happens to be Parma, Ohio. <laughs> I like to flex that a little. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's really what it is in its core. Uh, and right now we're changing some formatting things and whatnot. Um, we're trying to get people scheduled for next year um, to speak so I can have a little bit more of it off my plate. But I, I think – you need to have core young adult leader community to be able to have things thrive as well, because, you know, who's our, we don't, I don't want to be our shepherd obviously is Christ at the end of the day, but the leaders themselves need a community to really hold each other up and, and keep each other accountable. So,
2: yeah. And that leads to the diocesan slash citywide community that you can rely (laughs) on. That is not what
1: I thought you said, but yes. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Not citywide, but all right, continue.
2: (laughs) Sorry. That you should lean on for the shortcomings of yours. So yes. there's, yep. you know, the the service aspect. I know that, you know, out of the 35 odd groups in this city, a handful of them have service opportunities. Oh, and absolutely. If there's some people that come to Grapevine yeah. and want to get involved in service, Yeah, they can contact these people. Absolutely. They can go into their group. And then that cross-pollination really helps the community as well, it gives them yeah. a, a better rounded sort of experience.
1: Yeah. I, and there have been plenty of times where people come to me, and they say, "Yeah, I'm from Lakewood. I came out here." Um, and I was like, "Well, like you're from Lakewood, you go to St. Luke's. Like, have you tried grapevine?" He's like, "Oh, I haven't heard of that." And you know, you send them their way. You know, so if I if I, or if I find out they do service, or if I find out they, they're very interested in um, like whatever it might be, there are a ton of groups that are specialized in different things. One being service, like you said, and. Um, you really try to point, once the leaders know and are aware of all the other adult leaders and what they're doing, you can point people in the right direction, right, um, and where they're really searching. Um, and you might be a little disappointed that they're not going to your group, but, hey, like, that's, that shouldn't matter. Yeah. What surely should matter is that you're bringing them closer to, uh, you're bringing them closer to Christ at the end of the day. Like, that's that's what we're shooting for, so.
2: And this uh, this other concept that really appeals to me, I haven't really thought about it a whole lot until now. But there's a dynamic sort of uh, diocesan-wide with all the young adult groups and communities and how they work together. Yeah. So a lot of the things that we do are similar, but in, in other ways they're just totally opposite. Totally different, yeah. Um, there's this concept of a, a group that casts a net and then another group, another type of group that herds the sheep. Yep, yep. yep. And I feel like in a certain sense... People naturally, if they if they got caught by the net, so to speak, they will naturally flow into the herding the sheep group. Yeah. So it's almost necessary for their faith growth. Yeah. That yeah. they either at least go to both. Yeah. Or you know, find a home. Yeah. In the in the in the sheep herding one. No,
1: I know what you mean. But yep, you know, there's
2: a lot of different factors as well. So you know, people might develop a community over here in this in group number one. Yeah. And stay there, and that's fine. Um, just as long as that's all available to them. Mm-hmm. But you take all of the full scope of the, of the diocesan wide Catholic community, you can ha- you can find everything. Yeah. And it's best. Great. Yeah. It's best yeah. if they all work together, mm-hmm. and, which is what you're striving to do. It's yeah. what we strive to do. I know, uh, there's a group, uh, it kind of got refurbished, so to speak. Uh, but young Vitus. Yeah. I don't know if you've talked to Matt lately, but he's really into tandem events. Yeah. Like his, his latest um, sort of brainchild with uh, Father Gideon now, uh, who <laughs> who um, – is he still running uh, the creatives? Yeah, so he's yeah. – yeah, he
1: oversees it still, okay. to my knowledge. He's leading a topic at Matchbox in oh. like two months yeah, as yeah. a creative leader, so I hope he's still running it. But yeah, yeah, go ahead, continue.
2: But between those two, they decided to do an open mic night. Mm-hmm. I heard it them really well. Yeah, it yeah. did. They had two of them and, you know, great turnout and a lot of talent so- showcased. You know, yeah. some of these people I've known for years now, I didn't know they could play the guitar. Yeah. I don't know they can stand up, you know, do stand up comedy. Mm-hmm. But um, this particular ministry is um, very intentional with with how they work with other groups. Okay, And I think that's important. You because know, we'll have a, a couple tandem events with them as well throughout the year. A couple uh, balls uh, where you dance ball ballroom dancing ballroom dancing there sort of go. thing. Yeah. Um, in the in the summer and in the winter. Mm-hmm. So I think I think that's a that's a route for a ministry. Of yeah, course.
0: you know. Yeah, I think kind of the idea here, if you know, if you're a leader listening, and you don't know who's around you, that's there's just prime opportunity there. Um, It doesn't necessarily have to be, like, you have to know everybody on a first-name basis and call them once a week as your best friend. But, like, being in touch, being connected in some way. And maybe you're listening and you're like, oh, my gosh, I could do this. Like, I know enough of the people. There's something calling out to you. Go to our map on Groups.org and, like, look at the groups near you. Maybe there aren't any, but there probably are. Like, if you're in any major city, there's multiple groups. If you don't know those people, you should. Like, I don't use the word should lightly. But like you should at least be connected in some way. Because yeah. that's where like, like we're not just this insular thing. You know? And and like there's a string. Like, you know, if you ever saw the uh, um the movie The The New Planet of the Apes, it's like the one ape grabs a stick and snaps it, and he's like, alone, ape weak, and then he grabs a bunch, together, ape strong. It's like cause I don't know how it is in other cities, but in Cleveland, there was sort of like a dry spell from like the early 2000s to the late 20 teens. Really the really the turn of the 2020s where there was kind of nothing other than like a few theology on taps and maybe like a couple little spring ups here and there. And like, um, but like it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. Like we can build some resiliency in here, especially once multiple get going. People know this is a thing. It's like we got to not forget that this can be a thing and whatnot kind of rambled a little.
2: I would say all you need to do is be called to leadership in order to start a group. You know, at least give it a shot. Yeah. And you don't have to
1: embody the most incredible gifts to be able to do it, you know? Christ used literally the most basic, average people to found his church, you know? They were screw-ups, too, just like myself. So, um Uh, they did a better job though. So, but no, like I, I, I Xavier, I entirely agree with you. Like, it, you should be connected with other young adult leaders. Like that. Like if, if they're there, you should be connected with them. I don't, on whatever level you want to be connected with them. But um, you guys are on the same team. Like, mm-hmm. like, like we're all on the same team here. We have the same goal in mind. We have the same mission at the end of the day. Um, and you guys should be working together. And like whether that be that, whether that's Whether that be on a, uh, okay, we're going to have a coordinated event together, or if just like, let's just bounce off each other, you know, like from time to time, and I probably should do a better job of this, like, you know, call them up, like get dinner, get lunch with them, you know, Um, and just see how they're doing uh, and, you know, find what's working out for them, what's not working out for them and, and just bounce ideas off each other. Um, Be on a
2: podcast with them.
1: Be on a podcast with them like we're doing
2: right (laughs) now, you know, so. (laughs) Yeah.
0: All right. Any uh, any last thoughts? I think we're kind of feeling the edge. Well, I yeah.
2: said we would go back to the last failure? <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling good,
1: Zay. I'm feeling good. No, I'm kidding. I know I am feeling really good actually, but um, we can answer whatever questions we want to answer. Go ahead. Yeah. So you said. You yeah,
0: know, that anything? third failure.
1: Third failure. So <laughs> I, I think I mentioned it briefly on the pride element, um, but I, I really wanted to dive into it because I think it's really, really crucial. Um, Oh boy, and I—I I don't mean this lightly. Um, but when you take up a leadership role, you've got a target on your back, okay? And I realize this very, very quickly. And I—I—and I, with all of this, guys, take all this with a grain of salt. Like I don't mean to be on my soapbox with this. Um,
2: this is your personal experience. Yeah. So this is just my
1: personal experience. So take it for what it is. But you in oh boy when we started catching fire, um, you got a target on your back in the spiritual realm. Um, especially when you get pe- start people to start believing in your ministry and your mission. Um, and they're actually starting to become closer to Christ. Like they're going to do whatever they can to take the, the evil one's going to do whatever he can to try to take you down. Um, and the root of all evils is pride. Okay. He's going to pull that in whatever regard. Um, and, it's very, very, very important to maintain a sense of prayer as a leader. And I think you should, if you have a leadership team, maintain that element of prayer in your leadership team um, and always check each other, okay? Because it's, it, it, we we want to act with love, right? But loving someone can be also difficult at times. Um, and like there are, like Jimmy and I, we fight a lot. We bicker. We're like an old married couple. Um, but he will, he will, he will call me out when I'm off my rocker. When he says something that when I say something, that's not, that's not the truth. Um, or if I'm starting to step into something that really can be bad territory. Um, I know for myself, I, in the past, like even prior to catching fire, I had struggled with this element of pride. Um, just wanting to be known, seen, loved, heard, whatever. Like this was something I always struggled with earlier on. Now I, I'm, I, I, I still get temptations for it, but like I'm really aware of it. Or at least I try to be, um, because it, it. Oh boy, everyone has different temptations, right? But at the end of the day, like the Lord just wants to use you as His hands and feet to bring others. To him like that is what your goal is as an adult leader is to bring others to him you know and we want to foster that relationship and it's always important to remember that and know your place and when you are ministering to young adults or just any ministry in general you have got to have your prayer not down per se, like, Oh, I have my disciplines and routines and whatnot, but like, you've got to be rooted in your relationship with Christ. Like you've got to be, and I think you guys probably speak to this too a little bit, but I, I, I noticed at least for myself, like from a spiritual warfare standpoint, um, you, you're going to be attacked. And I was attacked in a lot of different regards. Um, pride was probably the biggest one for me that kind of came up. Um, and, in, and your leaders are going to be attacked as well. Um, and the, the evil one's going to do whatever he can to try to defame you or defame the group or whatever um, to, to get you guys off your rocker. Uh, and so this is why it's really important to hold each other accountable, to root yourselves in prayer. Because I, I can't emphasize that enough where, you know, we love we love our, our leaders. We love our, our, our members. But, uh, well, what comes with that love, though, isn't always just affirmation what comes with that love is um, we're going to keep ourselves rooted in Christ. And if you're taking a step out out of line, like we have to be able to be comfortable with calling each other out. And I will say that 10,000 times over. I hope someone calls me out. If I am stepping uh, in a wrong direction, even though I'm the quote unquote president, like I still would like to be advised. And I want to make sure that the spirit is leading not only me, but everybody else Um, that element of pride will, Trip you up and you will crash and burn. And I've had, I mean, there, there are, there are things in the past that have happened that I will not go into, um, that uh, I have seen firsthand. That will, it's, it's really tough. It's really tough on you. It's tough on the group. Um, and yeah, I, that, that's what I'd say. Root yourself in prayer. Keep yourself accountable. And at the end of the day, remember what this is all for. So I don't know you guys go ahead, call it, say some things. And I want to hear your perspectives on this as well. So,
2: uh, that was a good thing.
1: To I know so early on, we,
0: <laughs> we definitely struggled with like the little brother chip on the shoulder. Cause we originally, when Anthony and I started, we actually, we had been going to catching fire for a bit and we're inspired by it. And we're like, Hey, yeah. we approached Jimmy and Joe. Um, this was like 2021. Yeah. Yeah. So like right when they, they picked up, I'd been going for about a year. Um, and we're like, hey, we love this, and we want to like start like a Catching Fire West, like yeah. Um, you guys are a little south of us. We're more north and west. We're like, we'll, we'll call it the Catching Fire West. And you are like, well, you know, we got a lot going on. We don't know if we can handle it. Just do your own thing. So we were like this, this like runty little brother for a while. And I, I definitely personally felt like we're gonna do everything better than them. We're gonna grow faster than them. Whatever they're doing wrong, we're not gonna do wrong. And it was tough like to to not have a sentiment of negativity. Yeah. And I don't know how much it manifested into the group per se, but I definitely felt it in my own heart.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Xavier, Anthony. I mean, just to give a little feedback for all the listeners that are listening to this. um, So Xavier and Anthony, they came to us. um, We, they came to us and they wanted to start, I guess they want, they had, had the idea of running a catching fire West and um, just, Aunt Jimmy and I didn't really know at this point. In time. We're like, "Oh, this, okay, like this is awesome. We get people stepping on the plate. This is great." We said, "Let's first and foremost, let's like let's train you guys. Let's show you guys what we do. Give you some opportunities to lead some small groups, and just show you the core of what we are." You know, uh, and you guys led groups great. You know, what was it for like a month or two? Um, it was awesome. And then it really just came to the point where we, um, we, there was this this point in time like the there was no leadership team. It was just Jimmy and I and um so 2021 yeah we didn't have a leadership team at this point and um so we could not be able to i guess what what I don't want to use the word watch over but like we couldn't manage more than one group at this point in time um and we love the idea and we guys we thought you guys were great like and we thought you guys like groups well but we didn't want to put a hindrance to what you guys were going to do so i was like go ahead, start your own group. That would be great. Um, and I was like, and I told you guys, I remember we were at, what was it, or Senor- no, Cozumel's. And I was like, you guys are talking about like, okay, like what day or time and whatnot. Because originally you guys were thinking at the same time. I was like, well, like, honestly, if we weren't going to start on Sundays, do Sunday nights, I the second best option was probably Thursday nights. And it, it seems like you guys have had a lot of success with Thursday nights, which has been great. Uh, but to, to your point, Xavier, there definitely was, I mean, the immediate thought of when you guys created Grapevine, and this is this is like just the raw truth. The immediate gut gut response for a lot of people, um, either on the Grapevine side or on the Catching Fire side, was like, "All right, pick a side. You're gonna pick a side, and we're gonna see where the dice fall." Yikes. Okay, I'm not gonna <laughs> say anyone a- anyone said this verbally, but that was how everybody interpreted it. Yeah. Um, and so you know, and then so at first it was very much a lot of catching fire. people went to grave mine, and now it's gotten to the point where you guys have really a really good core community that's not that doesn't come to catching fire uh which is which is good. I want everyone to have their own their own unique community, but I think there definitely there's this there's this element of. Like, all right, like they're, they're breaking off of us and we just want to see we, who's going to be the better one. Like everyone wants to think this, like who's going to be the the real deal, you know? But, and like you said, Xavier, like you're very much tempted to like, think of your young adult ministry in that regard. I hands down had that thought as well, periods of time, but it's so, so, so important to bring it all full circle and remember why you're doing this in the first place and I'm telling you, um, when you when you allow Christ's humility just and his most precious blood to wash over you um, and to remove yourself from and your ego and your thoughts from the situation, oh my gosh, it flourishes. And so you can see it right now. Like you guys are doing incredible things with your own community and you guys have your own unique identity and we have our own unique ident- identity and it's just been rocking and rolling. Um, and I'm not saying that there are other, there, there probably is definitely some, people said sent, sentiment people still have out there. I, I, I don't know, but from a, a leadership perspective, like that I, and where, where it is from the top level, like that's definitely like how I see it. So I call you guys our sister, our sister group. I don't know if you guys know that, but I know that. yeah, I call you guys our sister organization.
2: <laughs> so to, to that point again, I guess, from my perspective um, and I can't remember. I remember one specific time where I think that, that sort of, pride feeling washed over me uh but i nipped it in the bud yeah. right after this instance i was like i am i'm succumbing to pride here and i need to not you know yeah. so uh, since then i've pushed it so far behind me dude that i can't even remember certain conversations that we might have had even and we have millions of conversations so i don't remember it's all like it's all in there but it's not separated anymore But there was this one time I think I was, like, in some sort of denial when it came to the pride. But I was consumed by it at the same time. Yeah. And I remember that manifested very maliciously one time. You had, like, taken a picture or something. And this is in a small group. Mm. I went to your small group. And uh, you had taken a picture and then you were, like, writing something in your phone. And I made some comment that was just totally not cool. You know what I mean? I remember And this. I, ap- I, I apologize to you. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm very sorry for that. But, no, you're good. You're good. Um, I think that was the peak of it. But that particular moment made me realize the pride that I was being consumed by, yeah. you know? And that really turned things around. It's like I think way back when we asked you, asked you guys to have like an offshoot with the same name, Yeah, you guys had the foresight to just – Never have any shackles on us, period. And I think that's what they would have been. Yeah. Because Xavier and I were ambitious in our own right. Right. And wanted to run our own thing. Yeah. So somehow you knew that the spirit spoke through you guys and was like, hey, you don't want this. Right. And we went off on our own and we were able to mold our own thing. And we worked together really well beyond what we know. Right. You know. Right. Right. There's things going on behind the scenes that we'll only know when we get to heaven. Yeah. Exactly. So,
1: and that, I mean, Anthony, that's why you, David, you have something. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. You look like you're going to speak. My bad. Uh, But that's why you have to have prayer in the midst of all of it, Uh, because there are going to be a lot of things that sound great on paper. Um, And then you go to prayer and it's like, oh, why am I not feeling so, why am I unrestful about this? Um, but I, I can speak to your point with regards to that, that time. So to everyone's, to everyone's knowledge, we just, I, I was taking notes for the group and sending them to the other small group leaders and yeah, Anthony called me out and then, he, you know, very much he apologized afterwards and forgave me and all, and I forgave him and whatnot. It was, it's totally fine. Water in the bridge. Um, but you know, but even in the midst of that, like what he experienced and what is is very real and true, like I've experienced that as well um and this is why you've got to keep things in check you know um and like you said it's been it there's something so beautiful that's come out from this and as much as on paper i think it sounds so good like catching fire east and kept I me mean, west and catching fire south right like that sounds so good um like i i, I don't know what it was but um it, you really have to let the Lord, because I mean, look in a hierarchical structure, like obviously there's Anthony and Xavier that run great fine, right. Or the Mary foundation, whatever. Um, but they have to be obedient to something else. They can't be obedient to their own egos. They have to be obedient to the Lord, right? Like that's, that's at the end of the day where they're getting all of their, all of their perspectives from. And that in, in any structure, any org structure that's run by ministry, that's how it has to go. It has to funnel down and you have to be the mouthpiece of god really and and that's a it's a weight but you you're in this role and the and and the lord is you know obviously leading you down this path um you and he's going to provide you with the tools and knowledge and and uh to be able to get where you need to go and but you just have to be open to what he says um and you can't like you said your own ego get in the way so and right now obviously i think the the fruit of the spirit has been has been good because you can see what, what fruit has been born over the course of the last what two years Mm -hmm. now. So, um, yeah, it's been all really, really good things. Yeah. So
2: we play off each other well and we continue to do so. Yeah. So yeah, just the benefits of having a, a Catholic sphere, a a (laughs) citywide community, being able to bounce ideas off of people and just, I don't even need to describe the, the value. You you pretty much did it. But
0: it's all right, guys. We are pushing an hour and a half. So <laughs> if you've been if you listen the whole time, thank you so much for listening. Um, please forgive us. This is our our first go at this new type of podcast. So we're we're learning as we go, and we will get better.
1: Just put us on double speed. You'll get done in forty five minutes.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, thanks for listening, and uh, yeah,
1: Joe, thank you. God bless everybody. Thanks, thank guys. You. Really yeah. appreciate it.
0: We hope you were inspired by this podcast and we encourage you to share it on social media and warmly invite you to distribute our Catholic scapulars, medals, books, and booklets to your family, friends, parish, and social groups. Visit us online at catholiccity.com for more information. The real work of the Mary Foundation is accomplished by people just like you. There are three ways to help. First, please pray for everyone who hears, reads, or wears our materials. Second, share them with everyone you know, family, friends, fellow parishioners, and the people you work with. Only you can reach them. Finally, please help us financially. It seems impossible, but we don't do traditional fundraising here at the Mary Foundation. We rely on your generosity and God's providence. By the way, if you, your parish, or your Catholic group would like to distribute our materials by the dozens, hundreds, or even thousands, all we ask for is help covering our materials costs. So please visit us online for suggested donations. For our Canadian friends and those outside the United States, only online requests are accepted, so please refer to the special shipping rates listed on our website. Thanks for listening, and we're looking forward to working with you. May God bless you always. All rights are reserved and any duplication without permission is prohibited.